Listening to the Cannabis Hangout. Two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with the community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while, while we, we break, break it all down. down. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. While Saba is visiting Ireland, today I have the pleasure of speaking with Megan in Richmond, Virginia, who is a cannabis and psychedelic nurse consultant and the owner of A Higher Experience. I'm excited to pick her brain and get to know her better, so please welcome Megan to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, Megan. Good to have you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with me. Um, before we get started, let's just dive in from the very beginning. Where did your journey with cannabis begin? Like, do you remember the first time you consumed? <clears throat> um, I think I was about. I was a drinker before I was a smoker. Yes, so, I can understand that. That was uh, me too. Yeah. Um, Yes, I'm going to say about 16. Okay. And then I just kind of quit the drinking and just went straight to smoking all the time. You know, yeah. uh, gravity bombs, bombs, bowls, I mean, it didn't matter. Um, so I became obsessed with it, even at, you know, at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I, at about 18, though, I had like an anxiety disorder, mm-hmm. like pop up and um so this you know when I was younger and Sam forty one now, so I was like eighteen. So you know what the power was like back then. Right. Uh you got really um stirred, the ALR and you slept. Okay. That didn't really vibe with me too much because it was it was good weed. You know, it wasn't like the nice strains we have now. Right. Or at least I didn't get I didn't have access to it. Mm-hmm. Um and I like the variety now. I like that I'm able to choose something that is for me. Yes, you know? absolutely. Um, so you you used cannabis for your anxiety earlier on, but you still, is that what you mainly use it for? Well, it actually caused me more anxiety. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. So I, well, I still kept smoking. <laughs> <laughs> in hopes, in hopes that um, that would just go away and not be it. I understand but it that. In other ways, you yeah. Know, my mood, yes. Right. So I was like, well, and I felt good. It, it, it just. I still had a little anxiety there. I was, I was having panic attacks. It might not have been the pot. It could have been something else. It was just mm-hmm. my mind. You know, my, well, it is my mind, but right. You know. But sometimes I know what you mean, though. Good and bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like I've had friends who have used cannabis to try to reduce their anxiety, and they're like, "Actually, it just like sent me off. It made it worse, you know." But right, and we have the option now to you know strains that help us instead of hurt us. Right. And I think it's wonderful. Where I didn't have that option back then, I just had to get what I could get. 
Exactly. Because there was no dispensaries, which wasn't safe at all. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand how alcohol is so much more popular and, and just still even now. You know, I know, it I know. So much more popular. I don't get it. I know. Whenever it has no benefits whatsoever. I know. It's like you have to, like, just keep talking about it and breaking it down to people in that sense. You know, of like you're, you know, people like their alcohol at the end of the night or their wine, glass of wine. You know, and yours is cannabis. You know, like it's they're the extreme. It's not like you know they're just out of this world different. You know. Yeah, I don't want people to, uh, drinking and look at me like I am some kind of crackhead or something right. just for smoking a joint. I mean, that's what I feel like. That's what I, yeah, that's what I feel like they're thinking. Yeah, so. Even now, sometimes it's ridiculous. Like, no, I'm done with that. Right, and I know. The first place to start is with my parents. Yeah. So do, right? tell me about that. How does, is that, are they supportive of what you do or how does that relationship been between like your family and, you know, cannabis consulting and all that and your use? Well, now this is funny. You're going to find this funny. Okay. So when I used to smoke at home, I used to have my own bowl and stuff. I was 16. Yeah. I would open my window and, you know, close the door and we lock it on or whatever. And while I'm there, people were there, you know, and I'd blow it out the window. Right. Okay. Well, I'd get so high that I would leave the, leave the balloon in the window seal and leave. Oh, no. Yeah. Leave the house. <laughs> and my mom would go in there and, and I'm like, you know, she put it, she would actually put it back in my drawer. But she got so pissed at me when I was like 16 or 17 because... The problem is she could get in trouble, and I have three younger brothers, and yeah. she didn't want um, to get in trouble. Okay, right. I did it again when I was like eighteen. She was still mad at me, but it wasn't like um, you're you know, grounded or anything. I was like, Mom, I'm you know. Well, yeah, I, could. I was like, Mom, I'm responsible for it. You know, yeah. it's mine now. You can't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, but she still would just put it back in my drawer. Like, she never threw it away. She never disposed Interesting. Of it. I know, right? Yeah. It's like, did she want to use it herself? At the time, huh? I was like, did she want to use it herself, or did she have a pastime of her own? She never smoked. Huh. My mom never smoked. She smoked once, and she said she didn't like it. Um, I wonder if, did she, did, did you grow up with your dad in the house or anything? No. My okay. parents divorced when I was 12. And okay. So this was my mom and like my three younger brothers. And I think my mom's boyfriend was living with us at the time. Okay. And he was a pothead, right? So mm-hmm. he would smoke with me. And I'm like, hmm, this is not right. But I don't care. <laughs> right. I guess, you know, and he works with Philip Morris too for the Ring of Cigarettes. Okay. I'm not going to say anybody's name. Yeah. I'm just saying, um, yeah. Okay. So I was like living it up. Right? Yeah. Um, all that stuff to drinking. So I still drink occasionally, drinking, smoking, mm-hmm. and doing, you know, smoking pot all contributed to my anxiety. Yes. I don't drink now. I don't smoke now. I am eat healthier. I, I've fixed other th- aspects in my life, so the pot actually does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. So are you saying you don't smoke cannabis now? No, I mean, I don't smoke cigarettes. Oh, cigarettes. Okay. I was like, let me yeah. get that clear before I... No, I- I don't smoke cigarettes and I, and um, I don't drink. 
Okay, that's but amazing, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good for you. So you are you're in Virginia. What are the cannabis laws like there, and like what's the market like? <laughs> uh, I'm actually like really interested in really what is you know like I mean it's part of Richmond, but it's it's <laughs> we have a governor young Kim here, right? And he's he's a Republican. He does not he does not want to deal with this while he is in office, okay? And this okay. is not something he wants to deal with. The previous governor um, made it medically, you know, actually he made it recreational where we, everybody can grow four plants at their home, um, but they have to have them labeled with, like, your name, your social security number or some crap, or oh, your wow. number. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who's going to do that? And, yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, your, I don't know what else your address or something, some bull crap. Yeah. Um, and then you can own up to, you can have up to an ounce on you. Right. Mm-hmm. But you have to, the only place you can get it is if somebody gifts it to you. Okay. Or you grow it okay. or you get it from the dispensary. Okay. Now if you get it from the dispensary, you know, nobody can afford it. And it's, if I can curse shitty ass yeah. pot. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Interesting. Um, okay. If you're a cannabis business, a grower, processor, or retailer in Oklahoma, and you're looking for help handling the unique financial challenges that you face in this industry, Yusuf Abbasi with Canna Tax and Accounting is ready for you. It's actually relieving to find someone who knows what you need and can make the process smooth for you. If you're feeling overwhelmed with all of the current and upcoming regulations, Yusuf is a great partner to help you achieve financial success in the cannabis industry. For further information, send an email over to yusuf at canatax.com. That's Y-U-S-U-F at K-A-N-N-A-T-A-X.com. Yeah. Does that just come down to like the growers who are like, are there a ton of growers Growers out there? What? Yes. Yes. So many local growers and people that donate to cancer patients and Mm. homeless people and just anybody who needs some. Yeah. People are amazing here with that. That's cool. One thing that's great. The problem is like, we can't get it adult use market. Hmm. because they don't want to deal with it. Yeah. We're taking, you know, we're taking steps backwards when he, Governor Youngkin could have like exploded. Like he could have, I mean, that's sort of like made him so popular. He would have just, you know, beat Maryland at the adult youth market. He could have done it. So is it recreational there right now? Like it is. Okay. You can't go, you just have to go to the dispensary to buy it. You can't go, we don't have like stores where people can just set up shop and say, Hey, you know, I grow my own pot and I'm going to sell it. Yes. You know, they have to have like yeah, stuff like that. You can't yeah. do that, but you can go to the dispensary, grow it yourself, or people can gift it to you. Okay. Gifting. So that's, they grow it and yeah. Just gift it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, you know what this means? That means the black market is exploding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, because they didn't want to deal with it. Right. And now they, because they want to make money. They just want to make money. They want to, they want money off of it. Exactly. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. And the the black market just does what they've always done. You know, they're, they're like, we'll keep doing what we've been doing regardless of all of these, you know, regulations and hoops you're having to jump through. And what's worse though, for me, like, I think, you know, 
the black market with the regular THC products doesn't even bother me. I actually trust those people more than I trust the people at dispensary. Mm, mm-hmm. That's um, wild. <laughs> yeah, but I know because, what you mean. Because they're, they're not like local growers. These are yeah. like um, corporations growing. Yeah. Are, right. People I can't trust. Yeah. Yeah. But you... what I really, what scares me is like in the stores that have it, I'm glad they got the Delta 8 and stuff off of the shelves or not, do they get them off the shelves? I'm trying to think. It's actually all THC off the shelves. I don't even know if you did anything about Delta 8 mm-hmm. because that's actually scarier because you don't know what's in that stuff. It's not regulated. Right. They're not test. you know, um, very few. There's a couple companies that do test. So I'm not going to say that there's none because there are. Yeah. So there's reputable, com- reputable companies, but <sighs> there's so many like gas stations selling just whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, oh gosh, I don't know. It's, it's, it just makes it hard for you to find what you want with someone you can trust, but it also seems like it's aff- it's not affordable. Well, and so that's what I do. So I try to bridge the gap. Okay. And try to help people, you know, patients find the strain they need for them, right? We take, I take what, you know, diagnosis they have. Yeah. I take um, what medications they're on to see if they can even smoke pot or do pot, you know, because, I mean, heart patients really, it's not, it might not be good for them because it can raise your heart rate. Mm, yeah. So is that what, is that like um, one of the most so important think, things you look at? Like what yeah, medications? Yeah. Okay. All that. I, I look at all of it and just kind of come up with a plan of care for them. Yeah. You know, and, um, and I kind of find the strain that they need so that, they don't have to keep paying money and finding stuff that yeah, they don't like. Throwing it away. It. Yeah. You're here yeah, to like guide them. So I'm here to help save people money. And honestly, I mean, I charge like some, you know, if you want to do, you know, if you want to do like a, a meetup in person, it's like 200 and something dollars. Mm-hmm. And then, but I continue to follow you for like, you know, as long as you want. I'm really here for you forever. Cause right. I, I care about people and I want them, I, I believe in cannabis and I want them to feel better and I want the stigma to go away. Right. And that's my main goal. So my main goal is not making money in any way. I don't want care. I'm not going to charge most of the time, but people are like, well, you need to know your worth. And I'm like, but I, I really honestly care more about breaking the stigma and getting more people help yeah, than I do that's about cool. money. And that. And that's the problem because I'm so, I get so angry because that's all everything is about money. Yeah, it I'm is. Tired of it. I know, and you're just trying to look out for the people and help them have like an easier experience that doesn't have to like be so you know traumatizing. It really, have to be difficult. I know. Right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's you're there to help them be guided to something that's you know quality and going to work for them versus them being thrown into the market and being like, good luck. We'll see what they tell them. What um, they tell them to go to the dispensary and speak to the pharmacist, okay. right? <laughs> Everybody's experience is different, right? Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take this class to learn to become a ganjier, so where I can smell it, and I'm and I'm gonna teach people how to smell smell it, so you know whether you're an indica person, or sativa person, mm-hmm. right? Well, which is not really a thing. It's they're all hybrids, but. Mm-hmm. 
maybe more indica leaning, more sativa leaning. Yeah, and everyone's noses are different, so yeah. And the terpenes are different. I mean, it's a crazy amount of knowledge, a crazy amount of information for somebody to take in. Like, I'm still taking in information. I'm still studying. Oh, yeah, same. I never just, like, know it all. (laughs) Yes. I do not know everything, no. Yeah. But I do know a lot, and since I've been around... Uh, marijuana for a long time I have seen so many things I've had two cousins um, overdose on drugs and, and pass away mm-hmm. I have seen a, I've seen what hard drugs can do to right. people and I'm willing Same. to stop that yes. like that's another goal of mine is to stop that because yes yeah I've done with the overdoses I understand that I'm I can relate and I think that's it's cool doing what you're doing because I know you know people do appreciate that so thank you. Educate. And also the psychedelics will help that as well. So. Yes. We will dive into that too. I have some questions yeah. on that. Um, so educating before medicating, it's always important and it's the best way to have a good experience. What is the, what's the most important thing that you tell first time cannabis consumers whenever you're giving them guidance? Go low, go, well, yeah, slow, go yeah. slow. Yeah, start slow and low. And a low, you know, a low amount of cannabis. You take like, you know, depending on your, see, everybody's different. So when you consume it, you know, just take a little bit and then wait like two hours and then take a little bit more. Yeah, it's like trial and error with your own body. It surely is. That's all it is. Yeah. It really is. And you just have to, and you have to trust someone to help you with that, you know. And most people that don't like cannabis have had a bad experience. Yes. Like, totally. <laughs> You're right. You know, even too much. And are like, had, you know, felt like they were going to pass out or be sick. Yes. And that's, you know, you're not going to die from it, but you feel like you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And you might feel like it. Maybe in the moment. Um, so, my goal is to stop that from happening. Yeah. You know, um, if you have a vape, just take like one hit off of it every like 10 to 20 minutes. Yeah. And see how that works. You know, um, you know, things like that. And depending on your like diagnosis, like you don't want to, some people may not want to combust it mm-hmm. depending on what they have. They have lung, you know, lung cancer and stuff like that. You know, you really, I really like Cinco, which is full extract cannabis oil. Dude, not, yeah. not Rick Simpson oil because mm-hmm. his is made, that's made with like, um, rubbing alcohol Mm-hmm. Did you say fika? And stuff like that. Different things, huh? Did you say fika? Is that what fika. you said? Okay. Fico. Okay, yeah. yeah. And you do that by just taking, um, you know, making a tincture out of it and then just um, letting it either the alcohol evaporate out of it mm-hmm. or, you know, you just like boil it out of it or just, you know, let it. Right. And then you'll have like the resin. You know, you'll have all the good stuff. Yes. Right and you put plan. that in a syringe and then you can take that every day. And that's what cancer patients take mm-hmm. for the most part. So... If you're ever in the Oklahoma City area, check out Chill Dispensary at 22 Northeast 10th Street. They're good people with hand-washed, single-source, live rosin, flour, pre-rolls, and other solventless products. So go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience. Now, back to the episode. Okay, so on the flip side of Cannabis and Megan, you also consult on psilocybin, LSD, DMT, although they aren't legal yet, they're always room. There's always room in the community for education. So, oh, for sure. What are your thoughts on healing people with psychedelics versus like your typical pharmaceutical? 
Um, like you said, education is the most important part. So the some angle of just educate people and, and, um, I kind of want to hold classes and stuff around the community eventually. Yeah. Uh, things like that. Because, and I can't say that, you know, it's for everybody. Like, right. all that stuff, you know, it's like the SSRIs don't work. I mean, I still take prescription meds because I have to, you know. I, yes. I have an anxiety disorder that requires me to take take like Luvox, which is an SSRI. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It's yeah. still okay to take pharmaceuticals. Yes. Okay, but what we're trying to do is decrease the amount we're taking. Right. Um, here. And the thing is, is if I've been on meds for so long that it, it's hard for me. It would be hard for me to completely go off of it and then go back and try to do with something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes. this is working for me right now. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. But if you can't find something that works for you, then, you know, there's ketamine treatments that are available here now that, um, you know, can help the brain um, create, you know, new pathways. And that's what psilocybin does. I just wish they would, you know, legalize that here, too. I um, know it. Yeah. in D.C., which is just uh, a couple hour drive north. Okay, so whenever, do you currently, like, console people with psilocybin? Like, have you done that recently, or, like, do you... Yeah, I do. I mean, I always just... My main thing is, like, education and just, like, it's the same thing. Go low, you know, go low. Right. And so, just, you know, you don't want to take too much. Right. Plus, the thing is, we can't really get it around here. We can't. It's hard to get... Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. There's you have Unless your. You're going to go to DC. Yes, yes, totally. So what? What initially then like got you wanting into got you into wanting to research like beyond pharma and like diving into like you know mushrooms and that stuff? Like, have you always you know done that, or was that something newer that you got into? Um. Yeah. When I was younger, I I, I did mushrooms and um, LSD, which I like LSD better. Yeah. <laughs> Preference, but um, it's like with the psilocybin helps. You know, it's helping the veterans like change their brain and everything. And yes, I, beautiful. I've just seen like them help so many people, and the pharmaceuticals hurt so many people, and people right. be so addicted to stuff. And I, I think it's a better way. I think it's going to be helpful to the addicts to get off of these hard drugs yeah i think psilocybin will be and rewiring your brain and ketamine right yeah and i really see potential in it and i like i said i just i really want to help people in those in the addict community yes and um the veteran community and even the home you know mental health is terrible out there you know right it really is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so and there's much trauma going on. There is. There's so much. And there's so much healing that can come from like mushrooms and those types of substances if you're using it, you know. In the, and not just, not just psychedelic mushrooms. You know, right. You've got lion's mane, Oh, yeah. Got, um, all the medicinals. All those different kinds. Yeah. Yes. So I'm a huge always, advocate. Like, yes, for sure. Yeah. So, so do you right. do you microdose yourself with anything? Occasionally, nice. How does <laughs> um, it? How does and how does it help you? Well, so since I'm on an SSRI, it doesn't work as well. Mm-hmm. But I do just take it like if I'm my mood is low. 
Yeah. I try to take it and just elevate my mood a little bit. I don't right. really like to trip because my anxiety, I'm afraid. Like, you have to be in a good headspace. Yes. Okay? You have to really be in the right frame of mind, and you really should be with somebody else. Yeah, uh, it's going to do a lot for sure. And I don't trust myself and my anxiety. Yeah, to do it alone. Do more than in a microdose. Yeah, okay, and microdose—that's what kind of just where the magic is to me, though. Like it's like I the pixie so, dust yeah. throughout your day, or like however you need it. Like it's just—it's like you were saying, like it's a mood can help boost your mood. It's a mood elevator, yes. right? And then if nothing should change, like you're—you know—it just kind of brightens the colors and you know everything. But if you go past that, then you're tripping. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? so, totally. Online, but um, I have friends that just you know really take a lot of it. I mean, they could take a you know. Have you ever heard of the polka dot bars? No, wait the, the polka dot. Like, it's like a it's like a Hershey's bar. It looks it's the size of a Hershey's bar. Okay, yeah. So side and bar. Okay, yeah. I've heard. I've had different ones of them, but not that one specifically. Well, I have friends that'll take one a whole bar at yeah. like a time. Like one time. Yeah, it's crazy, right? <laughs> but these are creative people. Yes. And they're artists. And yes. You know, it helps expand your mind. It totally does. It's beautiful. Do. Right. But for me, I would probably flip the hell out. Okay? I, know. I would probably have to go to the hospital because my mind does not, I can't, you know, but I can hurt other people. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, I've studied it and I have. Uh, friends that have studied it and you know, we work together and uh, you know I discuss with them that I don't know something they know something yeah so, just work together um, with that yeah yeah and like I said education is my main thing and I'd really like to I really like to educate children and, and well teenagers because you can't just take whatever emotion you want you, you gotta right you gotta know what you're doing yeah totally you know? So, so with that being said, are there, are there like any books or documentaries or like anything specific that you recommend to someone who's like curious about learning more, maybe that like you've enjoyed yourself and you've learned from? Well, to be honest, I haven't watched any, I haven't watched anything on TV because I've been renovating my house, but yeah. I have heard of a few that are on Netflix, I think, um, can't remember the names of them though, but I know there are a couple on there. Yeah, that I've heard that are really good. Yeah, that have been so coming up. I that, guess research. Yeah, psychedelics or something or cannabis. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, there's a lot of good. I feel like documentaries that have recently been up and around that are that you can find easily on Netflix and whatnot. Just type in like yeah, psychedelics yeah. or psilocybin or mushroom or something like that, and I feel like there's a lot of really good educational ones that like help expand people's minds to like. Like something I'd be like, mom, dad, you sit down and watch this with me to like, you can understand from like scientists and doctors, people who are like telling you what, you know, what they are, how they operate, you know, and how they can help people versus it just being like, you know, the trippy thing that everyone's done in the, you know, seventies and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's definitely medicinal. Yes. And people need to understand this and and go with it. Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, why is alcohol so loved? I don't get it. <laughs> I know. It so loved, and um, it boggles my mind. And I'm sitting here, we're struggling to get cannabis to even, you know, the stigma broken. And I'm just. You're not the only one. <laughs> You're not the only one, but yes, the 
contribution of everyone's heart, like you're saying, and the want to educate and learn more and help people. I feel like I sometimes I'm just standing at the wall beating my head against it. Yeah. <laughs> just might as well be. Because when you talk to legislators, you know, I've written letters and, mm. and all kinds of stuff. Um, I'm going to try to do more of going in there and yeah. talking to them um, the next session. Uh, you know, sometimes I feel like you might as well be standing there beating your head up against the wall. I know. <sighs> I know, but at but least you're trying to I'm do your part. Keep talking. I'm going to keep talking and keep talking. Yeah. You're going to shut me up. Yeah, there you go. I <laughs> <laughs> love that mentality. Okay, let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication, Herbage Magazine. They are in over 500 dispensaries statewide, providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities. For more information, visit HerbageMag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com. So, Megan, I saw that canacaredocs.com is in like an online medical card service and it serves like all legal states. That's something you're a part of, right? Um, yes, I, um, you can use that one, but I also I need to change it too because you can be a part of any of them. There's a couple I recommend. That's okay. just one of them. Yeah, what do you I recommend? recommend? You can get your, uh, the hybrid clinic is one of them. That's where I've been going recently to get mine every year. Okay, in Virginia? Um, yes, she okay. is uh, further north, though. Oh, okay. But, like but the, it is a hybrid clinic. I got you. Okay, what what's, like, one that um, you recommend that's online that, like, people who it's aren't online. just... Oh, in Virginia. So people... Oh, okay, so people can have that who aren't just located in that state. Yep. Very yes. cool. Okay. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, I just don't... I'm not a nurse practitioner, so I can't do that part, but... Right. Um, like I said, I do, I bridge the gap from, you know, yeah, you give them, them a, to the dispensary. Yeah, you give them a higher experience. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Awesome. You're awesome. Well, Megan, yes. I think this wraps up our time together. Thank you so much for being a part of this conversation and just sharing all your knowledge and passion with me and anyone who's tuned in today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes. And for the last question, Megan, what's the stigma that's surrounding the cannabis plant that you would like to see changed? Um, I don't want to be looked at funny when I'm smoking a joint just at a family gathering. The, <laughs> the judgment. <laughs> yes. Any gathering. Right. You just want there to smoke you know. your joint in peace. Yes. yes. Don't look at me funny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, you can stay up to date with what Megan's up to on Instagram. It's at a higher, a higher experience. And thank you, friends, for tuning in to another episode. Next week, I will have Saba back with me. So in the meantime, stay tuned for next week's episode and stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, 
Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.